0: Anja Kroll lives and flies in Switzerland. She's one of the few female top-level competition pilots. She's won the Women's PWC two years in a row and was in the top 30 and top 40 in both those years. In this podcast, she explains about mental training and how it has helped her develop as a pilot. How long have you been flying and what made you start paragliding?
1: Oh, that's actually two questions. Okay. (laughs) Um, Well, I started eight years ago. Um, My very first flight was in November, I think, so, um, well, I prefer saying I started in spring because that was the time when it really started going on. It was in 2001 and I got my license in August 2001 and, uh, yeah, ever since I've been a paraglider.
0: And where did you learn to fly?
1: Well, I learned to fly in Switzerland um, I'm a German but I live in Switzerland since 10 years almost and um, its conditions here are good so lots of mountains and cable cars, a very good infrastructure, uh, lots of pilots of course and very good education. So everything I learned about paragliding actually I learned in Switzerland.
0: So what made you decide like to learn to paraglide?
1: On my first day in Switzerland in the office I saw a picture of a Colorful mattress, and I didn't know what that was, so I asked my colleague, "Hey, what's that?" And he started to explain to me, and um, well, it was like I've always knew, known that I want to do that, exactly that. And then, yeah, it was a decision. I want to learn that.
0: But you'd been around flying for quite some years before then. I think your father was a pilot.
1: Yeah, when I was little. My father used to fly small aircrafts uh, with a private pilot's license. And on the weekends, he flew around, and whenever there was some uh, room left, some space left in the aircraft, I could come with him. So I enjoyed that. But it was very loud. I didn't like that part.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so the serenity of paragliding appeals to you?
1: Yeah, of course. It's uh, it's a wonderful, calm thing and it's also slow so you can discover more and see things better if you're slow.
0: So you've been flying a relatively short time. What got you into competitions?
1: 2003 uh, I started with a competition. It started actually the the year before, right, I remember I met Carol Licini who was a a competition pilot at that time on a birthday party and um, well, she was just so so much fun to listen to, and she talked to me and said, wow, it's so great, and I really like it, and you should try it. And I, I wanted to learn cross-country flying, and I had some short flights, and I decided maybe it's a good time to learn it together with the competition pilots. You know, you got a good learning curve there because everybody knows what's going on, and you can watch people, see what they do, so you can collect a lot of experience just in one competition. And um, that's when I started flying in the comps in two thousand three, basically with a, some some national uh, competitions with the Swiss League. And um, people were very friendly there. You know, it was um, more like going flying with your friends. So I really loved that. And um, I think it's a little bit like that everywhere, but it was here as well. So I hung around, uh, I hung out with my friends and it was really fun. And I could see that I learn a lot faster when I go to competitions. So yeah, that's why I did it. So
0: in the five years that you've been competing, you've won the women's PWC twice. And this year you've come 28th overall, which is incredible. Um, So what's the secret of your success?
1: I'm sorry, but i got to correct you here. <laughs> I just came in 39th this, this year. So Did you? The incredible, yeah, the incredible thing was last year with uh, 28th, yeah. <laughs> sorry. No problem there. Well, yeah, last year was kind of incredible for me as well. This year was not as easy. You can see that from my position. There is no secret. There is a big love for flying, but we share all that big love, this passion for flying. And uh, so there is no secret with me. Um, I think what I do differently maybe is that I can be a determined person. I'm not everywhere, not in all circumstances. But with cross-country flying, I was very much determined to, to learn and to find out Yeah, what is possible, what can I do. So this brought me into competition flying, and this also gave me the kick to improve. I really wanted to find out what is possible, so I made a plan in 2004 and said, okay, there is something I can learn about tactics, about meteorology. Um, I have to improve my technical skills. Uh, I want to be in a better mental shape, and I want to do something for my body as well, because, yeah, flying is basically sitting there, (laughs) but it helps if you're in a good shape, so... Um, And I set some goals, and as I said before, I think I was pretty determined to really follow that path. And uh, I even had goals like, let's say I want to uh, fly a competition glider maybe in 2008 when I really can do that. So yeah, I had a vision that I want to be as good as I can be, and I had a little bit of a plan how I could go there. And then I just did it.
0: Well, that's a shame, because I thought you were going to say, well, just do this and this and this, but it's obviously just natural ability as well as a plan that gets you there. So maybe there's not so much hope for me there.
1: I think there is, because I heard it a lot of times that, um, of course, you need talent, but more important than talent is, uh, yeah, that you are determined to do that, um, that you are ambitious. So I think I was ambitious. (laughs) And, well, the other thing is... um, competition, you win if you're relatively better than everybody else. So, as you can see, there are still 38 uh, male pilots who did a better job than I did. So, I'm not that good. Not at all. You know, there's still plenty I can learn. And, um, well, just with the women, yeah, okay, I was best of the women, but um, my secret there is that um, (laughs) as I said, there is no secret, but I think my material is still pretty good. but Last year, was, um, the, the gap between, for example, Eva and me was bigger in uh, terms of materials. So this also, of course, plays an important role mm-hmm. if it comes to top competition level.
0: Um, you said before that you wanted to you know, see how far you could go. And presumably your goal is to, to go all the way and, and win the PWC which would be just amazing, you know, it would be great if, you know, we could have a woman on the podium, it would just be fantastic.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think that's that's not possible, not for me. It is possible, I think, but not for me, yeah. The really good pilots, uh, they fly a lot more than I do. I have right now like 150 hours a year, which is good for an amateur, but uh, people like Andy Abbey or Kriegel Maurer, they do that for their the job. So I think they're more talented, after all. <laughs> yes, definitely more talented. Yes. And they just practice, practice, practice. And they're a younger, so I think they can take more risks. I, I could have taken maybe 10 years ago, but right now I feel like, oh, no, I don't want to do that. It's too risky. So stay on the safe side. A woman could do that but we need more competition in, in in the women's. There are not enough women uh, to make really a, a competition, a concurrence. I mean, even on my level, I'm, I'm good enough to win. But if there were 20 women competing on that level, it wouldn't be so easy. So the best would have to be a lot better than I am now.
0: I've read somewhere that you said that you've got a very mathematical mind and that this helps you in competition, and I was very intrigued by that. Can you explain a bit more what you mean by that?
1: Maybe I exaggerated a little bit. I just wanted to make a point that I'm a person who's left-brained, basically. I'm thinking in a logical way, I'm an analytical person, so that helps when flying because what I do when I'm flying is I have a model of what's going on in the air of the thermodynamics of the region I'm flying in of of the day and I collect data for example when I climb I can just watch how well am I climbing is that what I predicted so I recalculate my model and try to do the best of it that's one part And it helps if you're you're natural with models and calculations and things like that. And the other part is in competition flying, where you have to be better than uh, the other competitors. So there are a lot of decisions to make, and uh, it's always the decision or the question is, what will give me the best result compared to the others? So you have lots of options, but sometimes, you know, you stick with a gaggle because then it's more likely that you get to goal. Maybe you're not the first, but you will be in goal for sure. And um, yeah, decisions like that. So a lot of calculations.
0: Okay, so you've flown all over the world with um different competitions. Um what do you do to prepare for individual rounds? Oh uh, not a lot. <laughs> Yeah, basically
1: I don't have time to really prepare for uh, the rounds. What I do, I think is like a lot of pilots can do now, is uh, go into the internet, see uh, in a region what flights are there in the online contest, you know, what, what did other pilots there and uh, how were the conditions, and um, I try to... Of course, I use Google Maps, try to find out about uh, the topology of the region and just, yeah, start making a model of this region in my mind. If I can, I really like to be there one or two days before the competition and fly on my own,
0: just to 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 make friend with a site. Presumably, you prefer alpine flying to flatlands. yeah. I
1: cannot say I prefer, it's just in Switzerland, that's what you basically do, so I'm more used to it, and for me it's natural, whereas when I came to Australia, it was very um, weird, like how can you know where the trigger points are, there's just a lack of experience in in flying in the flats, so I feel that I need a gaggle in the flats to be good, but um, yeah, on good days, I think I can fly alone as well. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and in, in all the places that flying's taken you, where would you say was the, the your favorite place?
1: Yeah, probably still India. Um, Birbiling. A lot of people know it by now. It's in the, the, the south foot of uh, the Himalayas. And it's just gorgeous. You've got like a 70-kilometer-long ridge between Birbiling and Daramsala. And uh, you have vultures flying with you. And in autumn, the thermals are very smooth and gentle. And it's good weather almost every day.
0: (laughs) Sounds like heaven. (laughs) It is. (laughs) Yeah. It's really nice. Have you been there? No, never. Mm -hmm. Okay. One day, one day maybe.
1: Oh, I forgot to tell about the view, (laughs) you know. The Himalayas, so wow, it's just incredible. Yeah, flying there is a, a dream coming true. Like, wow, once in a lifetime, I want to go to the Himalayas, and wow, I want to fly. And and then when I started paragliding, these two dreams just um, mixed and came one big dream. And yeah, that's a great thing to do it to live that dream.
0: So you're a great proponent of mental training. Can you tell me more about what it means to you and, and how it helps you as a pilot and also as a competition pilot?
1: Mental training. I started with that because maybe similar to uh, the British islands, but Switzerland is not a good place in winter time. So I tried to find out what can I do to overcome this long break where I cannot go outside. But I still want to fly and, you know, especially if, if this is still very new to you, you're so absorbed with the dreams of flying that you really want to do something. And um, I found inspiration with a rock climbing uh, mental training. So they have CDs where you can listen to pieces. They call it visualization. So I uh, found pieces uh, where they do visualization which just means I try to imagine how I climb a nice um, route and um, also some other things where you repeat your strengths and your skills that you need. So I transferred that into something for paragliding. I recorded a story, basically, where I go to my favorite flying site in Switzerland and it's a beautiful, wonderful, sunny day with... lovely little clouds coming up and I can see how I prepare my glider and get ready and finally go in the air and I fly and all these phases until I land and I'm very happy. And I recorded the story and then I can listen to it in wintertime. So this gives me a very lively feeling of how can, how I can fly. So this was uh, the first experiment. And um, Then I read some more things, and, um, you know, mental training in sports is very well-known. I think it was founded in the 80s, and there are lots of books about it. And everybody, of course, can understand how well mental training works for sports um, that is physical, because um, the body learns with repetitions, and if you can do some of them just in your mind, you will learn faster. That's basically how it works. But how can you do that for paragliding? So besides visualization, um, the big question was, well, it's a mental kind of sport, this cross-country flying, and how can I translate that? So I found a seminar, people who worked on it, and um, that was very interesting. I came together with uh, like 20 people, mostly glider pilots sailplane gliders, okay, and um, there we discussed a lot of these aspects like, oh, I'm low and I don't want to bomb out, and how do I find a thermal now, so there's basically just one trick, believe in it, and do your very best to find it, and be open-minded for all the possibilities, And this is just one example for the tricky situations, but a very typical one. And there we learned to analyze that very well, and then also to write a little, little story, um, very lively story, how, how it works, how you can really find a thermal in that situation. And this, again, is a visualization, of um, a successful outcome. And this is just one building block, finding thermals, but you can have a lot of building blocks. And for example, like a successful takeoff, which for a lot of people, including me, can be a difficult situation. So what you do is like analyze it very well and make a film, an inner film, uh, how it works when it goes well, the perfect takeoff and that you just repeat over and over in your mind. And maybe you have to write it down to memorize it better, or maybe you make a CD, doesn't matter. The important point is that you make a really nice working inner video of a of a good experience. Yeah, that was that part of it. So I did a lot of work on that. And um, the third building block for me is just the general approach. For everything you do. It's like, you know, like, yes, I can. It's a lot better than maybe, maybe I should try. So uh, just the attitude. Yes, I can. <laughs> Sounds easy, but it's not. Huh? Oh, yes, it's easy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, but you proved it. You can.
1: <laughs> yes, I can. Well, actually, I, I think that's a part I'm still working on, because um, if you're honest, it's not something you can just do when you go flying, but it has to be an attitude uh, all over your life, everywhere. Yeah, some people would say optimistic approach, or I don't know. There are lots of books about that, and yeah, it works. Isn't that confusing What I'm telling you <laughs>
0: No not at all It makes perfect sense It's you know You approach a competition Not worrying about The the things that could go wrong And how you might do badly But you visualize yourself Getting to goal And you say to yourself That you can get there It makes perfect sense And I, I'm one of those people Who are guilty Of having a lot of doubts and, and I've worked on those Over the years Not in such a structured way Although I'm certainly going to give it a try now but you know I've I used to be held back by thinking well what if I can't find a landing field what if I can't you know get a retrieve from my cross country what if something happens to me hitchhiking whereas nowadays I go and see it as an adventure and I look forward to it because it's part of the flying experience and it's part of my day out and I think oh well I will find somewhere to land and if I bomb out it doesn't matter I'll just laugh about it later Mm -hmm. Um, so the positive thinking's helped me a lot in the last few years flying but I think I probably need to take it another step further.
1: Yeah, I went to a mental trainer, (laughs) which is funny because he works with juggling bags, so it's not mental anyway, but it's uh, his way to let you learn it. You can feel it. So, it's um, yeah, there is one thing to read a book and uh, learn something about positive thinking and then find out whether you do it or not, and how much you do it, and how you can do better. So, for me, this really needed coaching. I think some people are naturals, like, um, yeah, Krigel Maurer. for me, he's a natural. He is just positive to his bones. But mm, people like me, I'm more on, on like, oh, maybe I cannot. And, you know, I, I built up excuses for, for not performing well. And that's something very bad, because you lose energy with that. So it's really not the way to go. Like, oh, I couldn't because... But the moment you start arguing like that, you already lose energy. So just focus on what's possible. And maybe you still fail, but the chance that you succeed is a lot higher.
0: (laughs) And you'll learn more from the experience. Right. So...
1: Yeah, that's exactly another very good point. It's like with every flight, if you have this vision of your perfect flight and then you have a real flight, then after you land just make this comparison about what was really good now in your real flight. Where, where did you pick the parts or, or meet your expectations? And work on that. See the positive things that you already can. And that's a kick. I think you really can use it everywhere in all stages Um, doesn't matter how you know whether you're a competition pilot or just a beginner because the attitude is I can and then I just try to find out how how can I get better and and, um, see the good points and imagine all these uh, inner videos of course for beginner you first need to learn how it's really done you know, that's if, if I don't know how to take off, then I cannot make my inner video of a good takeoff. But I can watch others and, and build this inner video. I remember that in the beginning for me it was very important whether I would use my rescue system or not. I was very scared because I had heard lots of stories of people who came into trouble uh, you know, like collapses or, yeah, like it always starts. And they just didn't use their reserve system. And so I imagined a lot, well, if something bad happens, what am I going to do? Okay, I checked the, the height I actually have, and maybe I have something where I can still do some maneuvers, but if not, so what am I going to do? So... It it has to be automatic to use your hand, go to the handle and, and pull and then throw. And I practiced that all over just to make sure that I really do it if I need it and not think about it. So that was for me very important. Maybe it's not for others, but yeah, that's something where mental training, even as a beginner, helped me already.
0: I can see that you could uh, apply it to all aspects of your flying, um, like you say, even from yeah. launching to to how you're going to fly an entire task. You know, thinking through the individual stages and and visualizing the perfect outcome or the perfect stages to the to the perfect outcome.
1: Yeah, that's it.
0: Now I just have to put it into practice.
1: <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. I mean, yeah. But we're all humans and there are a lot of other things to do, so <laughs> it takes time. It, it does.
0: It takes time and discipline. You've you got to do it over and over again. But I think the two things together, you know, planning and visualizing the stages and setting goals are the, the two things that probably are the secret of your success.
1: Yeah. As, you say, as I said, there are no secrets. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm not taking any drugs or doing something special. I think everybody can do that with a little bit of talent and yeah, determined mind, it's possible.
0: That's brilliant. Thank you so much for your time.
1: You're welcome.
0: If you enjoy our podcasts, webcasts and articles on the Paraglider, please consider making a donation to support us with our costs for hosting and also to support us in making great new resources. We've got lots of ideas for new podcasts, webcasts and articles. And we'd be happy to produce them, but we need your support. You can find the donate button on any of the podcast pages on the paraglider.com as well as on the main index page. Thank you.